Welcome to another edition of God Family Purpose, the show that sheds light on our shared human experience through the lens of faith, family, and purpose. I'm Amanda Gilchrist, your host, and today I have, again, my guest co-host, Big Shot Rob, and we're continuing the conversation on family, faith, and friendly fire. So we had a jam-packed 30 minutes um, of discussion the first time. And I feel like we only hit the tip of the iceberg. So today we are continuing that conversation. So welcome back, big bro. What's going on? How you doing? Per usual, good countdown a couple of weeks until, you know, I head up there to hang out with you guys. But in between yeah. time. A few more days and you'll be here. <laughs> yes. So I actually have the opportunity to talk with a couple of people after, um, we recorded that first episode or that part one. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like I got some good feedback. Um, but just so everybody knows, this is an unscripted, like we don't, we just come with the topic and we just flow, right? It's not a, we're going to talk about this or that. Um, but this time, you know, I got some feedback from um, some individuals who listened and also there were some other things that just came up for me that I definitely think we should kind of go into today. I'll do it. Um, so the place I want to start, because last time we just kind of talked about our blended family dynamic, like how we grew up, how, you know, there was a good portion of our lives that we were not living in the same household. Right. right? So we lived, we lived like about 30 minutes from each other in different towns, Alabama. Mm -hmm. And you were dad, I was mom. Um, and the one of the probably biggest pieces of the sibling rivalry was for the longest, I feel like we were like comparing experiences. Yeah, like right? an like, unnecessary competition for sure. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> well, you know, mama like you or mama love you more than she loved me and, and daddy love you because you don't have, to, he always pay full price for your stuff and I got to have a, a lecture, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Although, according to dad, it wasn't that, you know, he loved me more necessarily. He said, I just didn't ask for as much stuff as you did, Thanks which is well. why when I called for things, that's why I got it because I wasn't asking all the time like you. He full of it. All I asked, <laughs> look, all I asked for when I got to college, I was a broke collegiate basketball player. That's all it was. All I needed was money so I could go get food. We practiced all day, every day. Your boy was hungry. Now, don't get me wrong. Did he give me money every week? Absolutely. Did I spend it on maybe two meals? Yeah, I did. I just needed more. <laughs> That's what it was. Like, <laughs> Our cafeteria food was so bad. It was so garbage. Like, true story. I wish I was lying about this, but I repented. I repented already. Lord, and forgave me. But true story, like, on mornings after we would have practice and I would go to the cafeteria and the food was just garbage and it was just bad. I was like, I'm not eating this. You know, I, I was in Dallas. I would go to a top-notch hotel and act like I belong and sit right in there and eat breakfast with the normal <laughs> Like nothing was wrong, like nothing was going on. Like I belong there. I walk in my full gear, you know, with my team gear on, make it look like the whole team was there, but I'm just the last one to eat. So I walk in full, Ooh. you know, full sweatsuit, sweatpants, you know, shoes, everything. I sit down, get you ratchet. and I walk out the hotel like it was nothing wrong, you know. 
Was it wrong? Yeah. Was it strategical thinking? Yeah. Did I repent? Absolutely. The Lord. <laughs> okay. Creative, right? You gotta do hey, what, hey, I had to do what I had to do. You know what I'm saying? Like looking back on it, it's pretty funny. There's some people who'll take that and be like, oh my God, that's so bad. But man, you gotta get how you live sometimes, man. And but absolutely. That, that's really all it was, man. Like anytime I asked Dad for something, like I, I really would get a lecture. I would get a pinpoint five page novel about why I needed to do this better, why I needed to do that better, why I didn't I do this at first, why didn't I do that at first, you know, blah, 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 figure it out, you got it, cool, you know, I'm not downplaying dad saying he didn't take care of me because he did, you know, but it was just always a lecture first before I got anything that I needed or wanted, and versus you, I would literally be sitting in a car with dad or in the living room or something, you call him, dad, I need this, blah, blah, he'd be like, Okay, daughter, I got you. And y'all off the phone. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't get that. Like, I wish you'd be like, okay, son, and then we move on. But I ain't never that that ain't never happened to me, you know. But it is what it is. You know, I ain't but you but you gotta think about though. You gotta think about this. So, you know, growing up, like dad, like when we did go on U trips and stuff, like I specifically remember, matter of fact, I went to Texas this is my first flight. I went to Texas with my friend at the time. I know you know who I'm talking about. Um, and we flew to Texas, stayed at her dad's, like went to a six flight, all this other stuff. So daddy gave me money, but he always had the expectation that I come back reporting like what I spent my money on. And it wasn't because he wanted money back because, but it was because he wanted me to be aware of what it is I did with my money. So like, let's just be honest like growing up like you was the pop-off kid and i was like the scary like you know super anxious oh my god i gotta be the world is over kid right like i was kind of low-key i'm not saying i ain't do all we all did sneaky stuff i know i did some sneaky stuff but for the most part i didn't make no noise like that so like if daddy said something to me i was just like boo-hoo start crying so he there was really no need to lecture me because he just knew I didn't want to disappoint him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it was more so like at that time, he was like, okay, we not have the conversations. And I know she know, you know, dad used to have those conversations with me, but his conversations would come at like different times. Like not when I was asking for something per se, like it would just like come back or he would like do the lesson thing. Like matter of fact, my prom dress. So he took me prom dress shopping and I, I put my prom dress on Lilway. I was working. Because he always said, like, you know, I cover the things you need. So don't buy your necessities with your check. Because I was working at Zaxby's at 16. It's my first job. But he was like, I'll cu- I, you know, you just buy the stuff you want. And I'll buy your needs. So I went, paid for my, you know, put my prom dress on Lilway. Like, paid to get it, paid to get it and everything. And for dad, I feel like it was always about him teaching me a lesson. Because... After I got my prom dress, then he turned around and gave me the money back for it. And he was like, I just wanted to know that you were responsible enough to do it and that you weren't just getting something because you just thought, you know, right. your parents going to cover it, right? It's like a, you know, let me see how much you care about this and how invested you are. And then I'll give it back to you. So I've, I've kind of taken that on, especially with my kids currently. But I think he just, I think he taught us in two different ways, right? Like it's the girl teaching and then the 
you you got to be a grown man and then for for me as his daughter he he used to have the niggas ain't ish conversations you know right. what i'm saying right. Right. <laughs> um so but like to circle back we kind of got into like this place where i think you and i were kind of comparing struggles like well no mama mama prefer boys over girls she love oh she love her robert right like and I was like, she don't really fool me like that. She love you more. And we just comparing, comparing, comparing. But I think it's telling because even though we didn't live together, especially like in our formative, like middle and high school years, mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. we like kind of were coming out of high school and went into college, it was just like we stopped comparing experiences and we started sharing them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's where the change happened. No, I agree. I agree. Um, <clears throat> for mom, like that, I mean that during my my college years, that's really all I asked for was money for food or something like that. <laughs> you know, like that's really all it was. I didn't really ask for nothing else. Like, so I would call mom and hey, mom, I want some Chipotle. She like, boy, you eat Chipotle every day. Good lord, I'm like, I know, but I need some Chipotle. I'm hungry. You know what I'm saying? But she always came through and bought me some Chipotle whenever I, you know, asked for it. You know what I'm saying? But as far as us, you know in an unnecessary competition with each other. Like, I don't really, I don't know why we did it. I don't really know what it was. I'm not even, like, I couldn't even tell you, like, the reason. I really couldn't, you know. But as we got older, we just, it's not even something that we really even talked about. We just got over it and just became super close. Like, I think it's just one morning we woke up and it was like, boom. Like, we was closer than ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I think... I think what really, like, you know, I ain't going to say fixed our relationship, but I think what, like, really just took it all over the top was um, when I got married. Because uh, I think everyone had in their mind that there's no way I was getting married because, you know, <laughs> just how I was. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I called you and told you, like, hey, bro, I got married. Like, uh, you know, I need you to come out here and meet her, you know. And I want to say within a week, maybe even two days you was like okay i'll be out there soon you bought a plane ticket and i think he was out here like a week later and you came and you met my wife you know and no a lot of people don't know this but like we got married before our actual wedding like we got married pretty fast you know what i mean and when i told you that you was like oh okay it's serious so you got out here like within a week that i told you and you stayed out here for was it like a week i think you stayed out here for a week i don't remember exactly it was quite it was that was at least four yeah, for me, I here for quite a few days, you know, and hung around her, talked to her, you know, all this other stuff. And, you know, before you left, <clears throat> you told me, you know, you was like, I like her. I really love her. I think she's good for you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know, just the stuff that, you know, family would normally say. But one thing I knew about you was that you weren't lying when you said that, because one thing you're not going to do is lie about how you feel about someone, especially someone who's in, you know, a marriage with your brother. So, when you told me that, I knew it was real. I knew, you know, she was for me. And I think that's just when our relationship just just kept growing and growing because now to this point, you know, we've gone on vacations together. <laughs> we come out here. I go out there. Like, we see, we talk all the time, you know, which we used to never do. And we FaceTime at least once or twice a day. You know, you talk to me, talk to my son, talk to my wife. Like, I appreciate it. You know, I love it, you know, especially being so far away from family, like the best thing you can do is, you know, 
talk to the people you love, talk to the people you care about, you know? So being this far away from all of y'all, like it does suck, you know, but I do feel like we're still close in a way because of how much we talk. Like I talk to you every day. I talk to mom every day. I don't talk to dad every single day. Cause you know, he's just super busy, but we talk very often, you know? Mm -hmm. so, so I'm well, I mean, you know, it's crazy because it, it's just, interesting like how we sometimes can get into those comparison traps so like I'm not even gonna lie so when you know me and my husband I think we were already married at the time yeah we were we were married at the time and I noticed like at that time he was talking to his family like all the time and I wasn't so one I'm a therapist and so people just make the assumption that you just like to talk like that all the time and true enough i've been labeled that i talk a lot and i probably do right i'm sure i do you definitely do <laughs> shut up <laughs> <laughs> i'm owning it i'm owning it but I'm just when it comes <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes down to it though i think that like for a moment i started to feel maybe the word is insecure about how much he talked to his family. I was like, well, what is, you know, maybe I don't talk to my family enough because when I'm done with therapy at the end of the day, like, especially like if I got a full day, I'm, I don't want to talk to anybody when I'm done. Like right. I'm, I'm spent. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to. So like the running joke is if you want to talk to Amanda, call somebody else in the family, call my husband, call my son, call, call somebody else, but you're not going to get a man on the phone. And so it almost used to seem like, okay, well, maybe I don't talk to my family enough. Like, what does that say about me? But after, like, experiencing the family connections on both sides, you know, of our families, mm -hmm. what I did recognize is that talking to people don't mean you love them, don't mean, like, you really truly love them, doesn't mean you, like, deeply care for them, doesn't mean, like, that you're committed to supporting them. Because... You know, I was like, oh, my God, Amanda, this goes to basic attachments in relationships. Like the definition of a secure attachment is feeling so secure in the relationship that you don't have to stay attached to this person like all right. the time. Mm -hmm. And so like when Bryce was growing up and he would just like, bye, mommy, bye, bye, bye and go off with his godparents. I was like, dang, my child don't want to be around me. But that's that wasn't what it was. It was just that he was secure in his connection with me that. If I call my mama and I need her, she going to be there. Like, right. I, I know I'm good. I know I'm taken care of. And so then I framed that in terms of our family. And I recognized that, like, even during the times we weren't talking a lot, we might not talk to all the time, but we definitely wasn't icing each other out, not speaking to each other, right. not checking in with each other, not caring for each other. Like, I would rather not talk to you all the time than to talk to you all the time and our relationship isn't really as cohesive. Right. Because people can do a lot of talking and not have any connection. Right? Don't be saying nothing. Like You can talk for two minutes, but Just you ain't talking. saying one word. Literally, one word. N nothing. So, like, I, I think once I redefined that a little bit, like, it helped me to feel more secure in mm -hmm. our family relationships. I always felt secure but one of the things that I didn't realize is that even though I have my dad, Robert, 
that some of that was from the insecurity of not knowing my biological father, him never being curious, him never coming around. So I didn't realize, like, even though I had my dad present, I grew up with my dad, the dad I was supposed to, I still had abandonment issues. <laughs> like, yeah. I struggle with that, which also I think at times impacted my relationship with you and even my relationship with my husband. Cause I was just like, these people don't, they can, they can leave at any time. Yeah. Mm, you know, they might not show up. They might not fool me like that. I don't really belong, but I can always say that like with our family, like I could possibly think in my head, okay, maybe I don't belong because I have a different last name. Cause I did grow up with a different last name. All right. But you couldn't tell anybody, you couldn't tell anybody else that I wasn't a Washington, right. period. So like even with Nashville family, <laughs> you used to say that they treated me extra special too, <laughs> Granny Elaine. <laughs> I got... <laughs> they still okay, do to this day. Possibly. <laughs> they still do. <laughs> but to just, I, and I think that just goes to the definition of family, like your family is not just the people who are your blood. They're who you choose. It's the people who show up for you, who are there for you consistently. And like, there are people in my family who didn't show up to my wedding. And there are people who like the Washington family, even though they are my family, they may not be my blood family, but they showed up. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. They don't like to get on the road. Elaine, she not getting on the road for nothing. Nobody. Yeah. Nothing. She was not to Colorado. <laughs> Both grandmas, they was not well, coming Well, first out of all, that required a plane. Yeah, they wouldn't, they not feeling that. it. Yeah. <laughs> Even one. though I tried, I tried to coerce them. But we just have that different family dynamic. I think even my husband they has experienced it mm -hmm. of just like the we gonna pull you in and you're gonna get treated like everybody else, you're gonna get roasted like everybody else, you know, you're gonna get loved on like everybody else. Yep. Like it's just who we are, it's what mm -hmm. we do. And so I literally had a client say to me, and by the way, I'm not saying any names, but she also gave me permission to address this, like that she has family and she wants that closeness or that authenticity and that transparency in their relationship yeah but that requires two people who want i mean that requires both people to want to be open and vulnerable and sometimes we've just had those experiences in life where we're not used to people just really being there for whatever and showing up for us that even when people do show up authentically we don't trust it yeah <clears throat> yeah so i'm thankful Cause my, my husband used to say like, you walk around with what well, he didn't use. Essentially what he was trying to say is I walk around with rose colored glasses. He's called me naive because I can, I believe in authenticity, authenticity and transparency in people. Right. And I look for that first. I lead with that yeah. in hopes that it comes in return. But he was like, people ain't who you think they are. I, I know that I know that part too, right? But my natural state is to want to believe yeah, in because you see the good in people. And and, yeah. and you know, there's nothing wrong with seeing the good in people, but you know, sometimes it, it does come back and bite you when you're behind. Um <clears throat> and I will echo a little bit on what you were saying, you know, about you know, dad and our family and whatnot. 
I think at the time, I didn't realize how big of a deal it was. But as I got older, I did. I used to always tease you about not knowing who your real father was. And looking back on it, that was extremely, like, just messed up. You know, just it's not cool, not okay, disrespectful, whatever words you want to use. Like, and I mean, obviously, I've already apologized for that, you know. Mm -hmm. but, But I just realized, you know the more I get older, you know, the more we talk, you know, the closer we get, the more I realize that even though I didn't know at the time, like it affected you, it did, you know, mm-hmm. and I would always say that to you every mm-hmm. time you pissed me off or made me mad or we got to the fight, <laughs> I would always say, that's why, you know, your real daddy is like, I don't know, ever, you know, I don't know why I did that. Like that was just, that was just really messed up of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, you know, you're over and I'm over. We cool, you know, but to this day, though, sometimes when I do think about it, it bothers me because that that just wasn't uh, that's not cool. You don't say that to the people that you love, people that you care about. You know, even though we didn't get along, we can't stand each other. There was nobody in the world that could say or do anything to you without me getting so true. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, you you I try to take on people ten times your size. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't care. <laughs> yeah. I know. I like I I vividly remember. I, I think I was in like third or fourth grade and. You know, you were wearing glasses and somebody cracked a joke on you on the bus and they was like high schoolers. And I told all of them, I will follow y'all as you keep talking about my sister. I don't care. <laughs> and I remember after that day, no one ever said anything else to you. I'm like, I was a kid, though, you know, but I think they knew that I was serious. I didn't care. You know, I was bigger than everybody anyway in the third grade. So I, I didn't I didn't care. You know, nobody was going to mess with my sister but me, you know, and yeah. that's still true to this day. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nobody going to mess with you. But me, you know, but neither here nor there. Like, I just know that that affected you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, you know, I, I am sorry for that. And I'm I'm glad that we moved past that and all is well now, you know. And honestly, until we had this conversation right here, right now, I didn't realize it affected you that bad. Like now, and I knew a little bit in the past, but as far as us having this, you know, unscripted conversation right now, I didn't know it affected you that deep. You know what I mean? So like, once again, I, I do say like, I, I am sorry for that. I do apologize for that because, you know, that could, it, it, obviously, you know, you're good. You're over it. Obviously, you know, you're a different person. You don't let those things get to you, but it still could be bothering you to this day. It could be, it could affect your life. It could affect, you know, the people, you love the people you care about, you know, and to know that I could have, you know, prevented that just, it, it bothers me a little bit still, you know, but I know you good. I know you straight, yeah. you know, but. Well, and, and here's the thing, right? And I, I think that I'll say that this is the area that I believe I've grown a lot in and been blessed in was because as a kid, I mean, for one, kids will be kids. And hurt people, hurt people. Two things that are just kids will say some of the most ruthless things. Like, and I can, I don't remember exactly some things I said, but I'm sure I threw some shots at you, you know, and was, you know, saying mean stuff to you just to get a rise or a reaction because my feelings was hurt, right? Um, but I think even more than that, you know, recognizing that sometimes we do say things that don't have the meaning that, that we're implying. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And even me, 
I have spit some things out to my husband, you know, to other people that weren't actually a reflection of how I felt, but I knew it was a sore spot. And so I poked the bear, right? Everyone does it. And yeah, I mean, sometimes we choose violence, you know, metaphorically, right? And And I think sometimes it has, you have to choose violence sometimes. Sometimes you have to in order to get a person to understand. Let me tell you something. I do love you. I do care for you. But if you want to go there, let's go there because I will meet you there and I will keep going. But you're going to be stuck in that same spot. But I'm going to keep going. You You feel me? Like, oh, God. But the crazy thing is, like, I feel like I literally married, like, my daddy and my brother. Like, it's so crazy because Charles so much has that personality. Like, he will chill. But if you take him there, like, you keep. I'm I'm gonna go there with you and we gonna we gonna hang out. Like we're gonna spend a day, right? But more than anything, I think over the years, the area that I've grown in is recognizing that a lot of the things that people say are based on their experiences, their perspectives in life, like, and that most of the time when we're saying things to people, that it has more to do with us and not them. Definitely. Right. Definitely. And so I mean, I think we're just a testament to the fact that you can grow and work past things if you want to. Mm-hmm. But everybody doesn't want to do that. Everybody doesn't want to have those tough conversations and sit down and, and address the uncomfortable thing. Like, for example, like, and I think that that's the one of the reasons why I've always been so like, I'm a social person, but just because you know me socially doesn't mean you know me, know me, mm-hmm. right? Like, you can know me socially and not and feel like you know me, but not really know me. You because know of me, but you don't know me. Exactly. Because I I got used to being in rooms and not showing people my authentic self. And as I got comfortable with doing that, I got uncomfortable with being myself. Right. Because it didn't feel like, you know, when you spend so much time trying to be a particular thing in a room yeah. to hide things then you eventually become that thing and and who you are is just like, uh, that's not cool. I can't, I can't show that person. But that was probably one of the biggest hindrances I experienced. So, you know, I don't, I've never talked about this publicly, but of course you remember and I got pregnant by my boyfriend at the time. Um, This is before Bryce in high school. Mm-hmm. And I what was it my senior year? It had to be my senior year. It was my senior was year. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely my senior year. Yeah. And no lies around Valentine's Day, and I was sneaking doing something I know I should have been doing, and I didn't know that I was pregnant till I was like three months along, like basically, like I I wasn't really super sick, but I ate a McDonald's. Uh, what is that called? That the the fillet sandwich, the fish fillet um, at McDonald's. Yeah, first mistake. Ew, who eats fish? (laughs) Well, not who eats fish, but who eats fish from McDonald's. My bad. Let me correct myself. That was before my palate (laughs) had expanded, so don't judge me. (laughs) All right, got it. Great, thanks. Yes, ask my husband. My my palate is now bad and bougie. Um, so, but yeah. I ate that fish sandwich and it made me so sick. And I had never been that sick before. 
And I think that was the thing that made me try to find out. Well, when I found out, my cousin was living with us at the time. And before I told, she told. And I was so terrified to say anything. And the first thing that was said to me was, you're not keeping it, right? Like, this, this ain't happening. And even though initially I didn't want to have an abortion, I knew I was not ready for that. And I'll tell you, it took me some time and some prayer and everything to like get past that because that experience is one that I would not want anyone to have. But I also am not judging anybody who's had that experience. Obviously, I've had it. Um, and while after that, yeah, I know we don't all say those prayers, right? Those prayers where it's like, God, if you just get me through this, I promise I'll never do this again. And I'll never, I'll never, <laughs> you know, I'll never have an abortion again. Like I was like, Jesus, please just cover me. Listen. And it was just, <laughs> I'll say that a lot of times. To um, this day. <laughs> still has to come up, right? Yeah. And it was tough. Um, you know, dad dad was with me. Mm -hmm. And it was just for a long time, I think I carried that with me because even, you know, close family like my grandma and my uncle, and they're like, we kind of kept it like super under wraps. And yeah. then I also felt this judgment about making that choice or going through with it. And I'll be honest to this day, I don't regret it, but sometimes I wonder, right. You know, you kind of always feel like the things that you do are going to come back. So mm -hmm. yes, you know, I did end up having Bryce years later <clears throat> and I'm so thankful for him. But I'm six years into married life with my husband and I haven't been on birth control at all since we've been married. And and I have yet to conceive. Right. Now, true enough, I didn't we didn't really start trying, trying to the last couple of years, but things like that come back and those thoughts yeah. will creep in. And it'll be like, yeah. you know, because you hear all the time, like, oh, if you have an abortion, that can impact your ability to get pregnant in the future. And so that glimpse will come in. It's like, oh, my God, like. God, did I do this? Like, is it my fault? Like, is it now coming back to bite me that now that I really want to have a child, I can't have one because of my history? Yeah. Um, because of this big thing that I did. And, but then I have to remember who God is too at the same time. Right. And so it's such a struggle still sometimes, even though I found healing and that I've come to terms with the decision I made and that I don't regret it. You know, we all have to live with the consequences of whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it could possibly be part of the consequence, but not, right? Because God is bigger than anything. Like, he's bigger than, you know, but at the age I am now, still, though, those thoughts creep in and you wonder, could <clears throat> this be a thing? Could this be impacting me? Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. You know. And, you know, it's it's okay, you know, for, for those who will be listening, are listening, it is okay that you made that choice, that decision back then. Mm -hmm. Yes, it may be affecting you now, but where you were then to where you are now is tremendous. And I applaud you for it because it's very hard, 
you know, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm going to tell them. So you were one of the best dancers in the country at high school. You had a step team. Y'all was number one team in the country. Chris Brown came and performed at the school for it. You know, like, it was crazy. Mind you, I had no idea who Chris Brown was at the time. I didn't realize I met Chris Brown until, like, five years ago. My sister told me. Crazy. Anyway, another story for another day. Uh, yeah, this is before Rihanna, okay? Before? All right, cool. So, <clears throat> so yeah. So, you know, you were part of the best dance team in the country. Y'all won nationals, all this and all that, and then, boom, that happens. Um... And I, I actually remember that day. Uh, Dad didn't even tell me what was going on. He was like, we got to go to Dothan. got to go talk to your sister. And I was like, okay, cool. But Dad was acting a little funny. And I didn't really know why, but I was like, you know what? I ain't even going to get into it. I don't care. Like, whatever. You know what I mean? And when we walk in the house, like, I just see you crying. And what, when I saw that, I already knew what it was. It's like, I already knew, you know, because mm-hmm. I knew I knew your boyfriend and everything, you know what I'm saying? So I had put two and two together once I walked in the house and you was crying. So I already knew what it was. But I say that to say, for for those who are listening, for those who have experienced something like this, it is okay. Mm-hmm. It's all right. That's a, a <clears throat> decision you made. And that's what you felt like what was best for you at the time. And personally, my my own opinion, I don't really have a right to have a say-so in it, but I think it was the right decision for you as well because you were getting ready to go to college to, you know, step and, and do all this and do all that, you know, and you had a life ahead of you. And I think if you had had a child at the time, I'm not saying you wouldn't be who you are now. I'm not saying you wouldn't be where you are now, but I, I do think – things would probably be a little bit different. Things mm-hmm. definitely would, you know. Um, but you made it. You went through college. Mm-hmm. You got like five degrees now. Now you are a licensed therapist. You have a child. You have a husband. You have a home. Like, And, and I love that for you. I love to see where you were to where you are now. It makes me happy. I love to see it. And even if you are being affected to this day by a decision that you made years ago, one thing that you already know, but I'm going to say it anyway, is God makes no mistakes. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why. And there's always an answer to everything. You just have to be willing to wait for that answer. Everything Mm -hmm. is on God's time and nothing is on our time. And I think a lot of people lose faith in God because they want to answer right away. But. That's not always the case. It, sometimes you'll get the answer right away. Sometimes you get the answers 10 years down the road. You just don't know. But when you see that answer, it will click and it will make sense to you as to why you did this or why you're going through what you're going through or why this happened or why that happened. You know what I mean? So to you and to anyone else, you know, who's who's been through that, just always remember, it's okay. God mm-hmm. forgives you and God is still with you. And he's not judging you. And God understands each and every one of us. He understands. Mm-hmm. We get it. No one is perfect. You know, there's there's not a person in this world that can sit here and say they've made the right decision, the right choice, every single thing they've done in their entire life. No one has. Not yes. Yes. And that's where you go. Yes. And that's where I think I struggle for the longest because I just used to be so caught up in what people said or what mm-hmm. they thought. Mm-hmm. But I also find that when it's when you stay caught up in that, that more than likely you're not where you need to be with God. Yeah. Because 
I'm telling you, when you when you recognize that your maker ain't gonna love you more or less than he loves you now, that he loves you unconditionally, that you know he's always there, always willing, always waiting, has your future in his hands, like none of my decisions, if God chooses to use me for something great, none of my decisions that I made today are gonna stop me from doing right. that for whatever purpose he has for me. It won't stop me. Yeah, And so I think that by the time that I got pregnant with Bryce, you know, I had a more mature mindset and a better relationship with God Yeah, because I got to the place where I was just like, well, I'm having this baby and it might not, you know, it might slow me down, but it won't stop me. Like mm -hmm. this doesn't stop anything. And I absolutely did not have that mindset, you know, when I was like pregnant my senior year in high school, I... I definitely didn't have the relationship with God or the maturity or whatever. I think we all have opportunities to grow, but I know that I was in a much better space to manage life mm -hmm. then, than, you know, coming straight out of high school, right? Like it was just, wasn't it? And I think that <laughs> over time, like as we talk about the growth in our relationship, you know, we literally got to a place we can talk about everything. We talk about God. We talk about our relationships. We talk about uh, like we have secrets between us that our parents will never know about. <laughs> never. <laughs> like never ever. Never ever. <laughs> calls calls that went down and calls that went down. part because you know they believe in beatings. Oh, yeah. they don't care if we in the thirties yeah. or not. <laughs> We were we were not abused. We were not abused. Okay, we were not abused. Uh, yeah. And disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer. But the running phrase in our household was. I mean, I only got in her entire lifetime by my father. Just so y'all know. But anyway, what? I said I, you only got one whooping in your entire lifetime. Possibly two. And I don't even think it was a whooping. I think he just popped you and you started. I crying. think I can only remember one though. So you yeah. might be right. But that was because he didn't, like I said, he didn't have to whoop me. He just had to say something to me. And then I was like, oh my God, the world is over. I'm going to get my life together. Right. But yeah, it wasn't the case with me. Because <laughs> you were just reckless. You didn't care. I, <laughs> I didn't care about nothing. Uh -huh. I was going to do what I wanted to do. Lord have mercy. Why was I like that? <laughs> but, but you have also grown too. And like, just for the times, like, like you picked up the phone. I can remember. Like, I remember exactly where I was when you called me to tell me that you found the woman you wanted to marry. It was like, I was in Mexico. Me and Charles were in Mexico for our anniversary. And this is before oh, everything was shut right down. Oh, that was before COVID. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is yeah. right before everything shut down. You called me. I was in, like, literally in the transport car. And we were going to this place to, like, do all the, like, water activities and camel rides or whatever. And you was like, Amanda. I found the girl I'm gonna marry. I was like, bro, then you just get out of basic training. Then you just go out of Colorado. <laughs> then you just break up with this other girl after I we did. told you that she wasn't ready to get married and you didn't want to do all that stuff because, yeah. you know, we knew that would work it out. But he was like, Amanda, you know, she a boss. She she bad, Amanda. You know, she got her own stuff. She got her life together. Like, she just, she just it. She is, she is the most beautiful girl I have ever dated in my life <laughs> he was like, yeah. i was like okay i hear you <laughs> and sure enough you know later after he told me that you guys got married and i met her and i was like okay okay i see now 
Um, and I think I may have shared this with you, but, and maybe I didn't, but even when I was there that first time, I had a art to heart with her too. And she told me the experience that she had with you that made you, you know, that made her just like, oh my God, this is different. And it was that, you know, that she had some like issues with the ex or whatever. And she picked up the phone and you were there and you walked out, but you just went to go sit on the porch. You didn't leave. And she was like, he didn't leave. And you have no idea probably how big that was for her because you didn't leave. Mm-hmm. And I think that also speaks to some sort of abandonment or just even marriage in general. Cause boy, you and I done had some marriage conversations already. And you swear that I'm only on Mary's side, but I'm on the side of y'all relationships. Seated. And when it came down to it, you know, you and I have both pushed each other. Like, I don't care how mad you are. You don't need to go nowhere. You know, I can remember y'all was down here and um, me and Charles had a disagreement and you was like, we ain't going nowhere. We all staying here. We Y'all better get it together. Y'all told me to get it together. <laughs> and then you be I'll be looking at you like, uh-uh, that's your wife. Y'all ain't going nowhere. Figure it out, right? Like, yeah. so to just kind of have that because I have seen so many family dynamics like where, like even mom, like she'll be like, I call her and I'll be like, you know, we had a disagree or, you know, me and Charles had a disagreement or whatever. And I'll tell all the details, but she was like, what you do? And I'm like, is it, did you just ask me what I did? What about what he did? <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's always been like that. Like mom, dad, Tracy, like everybody, I, they don't care what's happening. Figure it out. Fix it. Like, they're not taking sides. Your family. and yeah. But I've seen so many relationships where one person, and that's why I shut down at one point, because you'll tell family stuff, and they won't get over it. Nope. They're going to hold on to it way after you done got over it. Yeah. So for the longest, I wouldn't say nothing, because I don't need nobody trying to hold grudges against yeah. me. But any and everyone that is listening to this, I am not telling you what to do, but this is my personal opinion that I consider to be a fact. (laughs) I do. Do not share your deepest, darkest relationship problems with your family and your friends, because not everyone is going to forgive or forget. Now, the relationship that my sister and I have, I can tell my sister anything about Mary and it won't get back to Mary. She'll act like she never even knew it, never known, nothing. She won't mention it. She won't bring it up ever because my sister and I have that relationship. You know, my sister won't hold that against her or hold it against me or somebody else about something that happened. But for other people, there are people in your family who want to see you fail, whether you believe it or not. Mm -hmm. There are people who you consider a friend that want to see you fail, whether you believe it or not. I have seen it with my own two eyes multiple times in my life. Unfortunately, this is also an opinion that I believe to be a fact. The closest ones to you will be the main ones that will do you the dirtiest the most. Mm -hmm. I've seen it. I've felt it. 
I've heard it, and it's also happened to me in my life, to someone I consider close to me. So, again, I just give you advice. When you are going through a hard time with your significant other or someone you love, someone you care about, be mindful who you talk to. Be mindful who you tell that to because they're either <clears throat> telling that story again to somebody else in a completely mm-hmm. different way than what you told mm-hmm. them. But mm-hmm. you do, they're going to hold it against that person forever and never let it go. So you have to be mindful and be careful on who you talk to and the things that you say because that will happen and that is not something that you want. So if you don't Absolutely. take anything from, this, anything from this, take that. Fix your problems on your own. It's okay to confide in someone. I'm not saying don't talk to anyone, but make sure it's someone who's really down for you and someone you really trust. Because mm-hmm. you believe it or not, you know, the people that you think, you know, you can really, really, really depend on and count on, sometimes they're not that. Sometimes mm-hmm. they are. You have to mm-hmm. be careful and be mindful. And sometimes you don't find out till it's too late. The Bible says yeah. seek wise counsel. Mm-hmm. And every counsel ain't wise. <laughs> and boy, I'll tell you, like, it's just people will show you what they want you to see. And Absolutely. I've never been a huge fan of, you know, people who are out here living a particular lifestyle wrong people to talk to when you're talking about relationships and hard work people who you know don't believe in the covenant of marriage just think it's like a you know just quit whenever you get ready yeah that's mm-mm, no because it's it's so much more than that and while marriage is hard it is so worth it it is when you think about the fact that you get to do life with somebody that you know is down for you like i'll be looking at charles at, at one point now i was like oh my god am i gonna be able to do this and then like now bro i'll be like oh you mad that's fine we about to go um we about to go pick up this um chinese food though like <laughs> yeah like so whatever like I mean, <laughs> I could literally, there's this thing going around TikTok right now. And it's this lady talking. She says, I can't do this no more. I'm I'm going to divorce. I We have to get divorced. And he's saying like, uh-huh, I hear you. Yeah. So uh, what you want from the, you want chicken delight? Uh, you know what I get. I always get the same thing. Okay, it's chicken delight. Okay, what else? You salsa, um, margarita with extra tequila. Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then she'd be like, okay, thank you. That that's exactly if I could sum up yeah. marriage. Yeah. I want to divorce you. We want to get a chicken delight though, exactly. and the taco. Okay. There's a there's a song by Calvin <laughs> Richardson, one of his his albums. I think it's one like 2019. Um Gold uh, is the album, as a matter of fact. So true story. True story. So my sister. My mom and I, someone else is in the car at the time. We ain't going to talk about that. But anyway, so my sister, my mom, and I are in the car driving down the road. They're taking me to school, my AIT school, and after I just got done with basic. And I'm like, man, that Cal Richardson just dropped, man. We got to play it. I'm like, bet. So we go to it. We play the song. And the first song that comes on on this album is called If You're Thinking About Leaving. And the yes. words is, if you're thinking about leaving, you better pack another bag. Girl, you better pack I'm another bag. I'm going with yeah. you. 
that just makes me think of that time that we had in the car, like riding down the road. Like, you thinking about leaving? Yeah, okay, that's fine, but we're going together. I don't that, know where we're going, but I'm gonna that, go with you. Yeah. That part. You know that's what you have to do with marriage. That's what you have to yes. do with marriage. Like, I'll be honest with you guys. Like, my wife and I had a, a heated, you know, discussion conversation this morning, you know, and it's not always gonna be, you know, roses and ice cream and you know, cute. <laughs> this is not. It's it's not realistic. Even if you're in a regular relationship, you're not gonna have the best days every day. You're not, and that's okay. It's all right to have hard days. It's all right to have down days. It's all right to have bad days. But what are you doing to prevent that day from happening again? What are you doing Ooh, with another to grow with each other to become better for each other? What are you doing? What are you saying? How are you going about that? There's there's all kind of different ways you can do things to prevent heated discussions, heated arguments, whatever the case may be. And honestly, a simple conversation, a simple I love you, a simple I'm sorry, a simple hug, whatever the case may be, could fix a lot of things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I will say about I, I won't say women, I'll say men, too, because Men don't want to admit that they have emotions, but they do. We we do. We have emotions. And I was one of those men who didn't admit that I had emotions. Like I said, my sister, you know, over the years has helped me with that, you know, to to feel like it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be down. It's okay to talk to someone. It's all right. You might get judged by somebody in the world, but that doesn't matter because you can do good and bad every day in this world and somebody's still going to have something bad to say about you. It don't, matter. it don't matter what you do, good or bad. But the main point I'm making is if it was easy, everybody would be able to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. There's mm-hmm. nothing easy about pretty much anything. Anything you want to be good at, you have to work at it. Like I played basketball my whole life. I was a collegiate basketball player. And my dad used to always tell me, if you really want to be good at it, you'll find a way. I, I it, like I never really just it never really hit me until I got to like eighth or ninth grade what he was meaning, what he was saying. And what he was saying was, if you really want to be good, show me. Put in the work and do that. My dad used to lock me out the house at night. Seven, eight o'clock at night. It's dark. I can't see anything. All I got is the street light right here, and I got my basketball goal right here. And I would have to hit 10 free throws in a row before I could come in the house. And I kid you not, every single time that I didn't do it, he knew that I was lying. And he'd be like, nope, go back outside. And he would lock the door. And I was not able to come in the house until he knew that I made my 10 free throws in a row every single night before I came in the house. And that's just what I had to do if I wanted to be good, if I wanted to be great. It was just a little mm-hmm. thing. It, that 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 takes that takes part in my life to this day. Not just shooting free throws, but as far as my wife and my child. I don't go to bed mad at my wife. I don't go to bed upset at my wife. Even if I am upset and she finna fall asleep, I'm finna fall asleep. No, nah, we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna fix it first and then we'll go from there. You might not even be over it, but we're going to fix it before I close my eyes and go to sleep because tomorrow is not promised to anyone. The next five minutes ain't promised to anyone. So 
fix what you can fix while you can't fix it because you never want it to be too late. Because that'll be a regret that you will hold on to your heart for the longest time. If you don't take anything else from me, take that from me. Because that is an experience that I have been through, an experience that I'm living with to this day. And I do not wish that upon anyone at mm-hmm. all. So Absolutely. that is my two cents. Absolutely. And um, you make such great points, right? You were just like, what are you doing different, right? What are you doing to prevent that bad day from happening again? And one of the things that, especially when I work with couples, but even for myself, like every moment is another, we get so many moments in a day, but every moment is another opportunity to do something different. Mm -hmm. We're not going to get it right all the time, but you can get it right in the next moment. Exactly. Or you can end the disagreement in the next moment. And my husband and I have come such a long way and like not letting those disagreements linger because all that time ends up being wasted time when we just want to be close to each other. We just want to love each other. We just want to live life together. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't stop the disagreements from happening, but the disagreements definitely happen in a different way. Like I'll be like, listen, I need a few minutes from you because you you get on my nerves, right? <laughs> like, you know, that hurt my feelings. And previously, I didn't want to I didn't want to say that hurt my feelings. Like, even though I'm a feelings person, we talk about vulnerability. Yeah. Like to and I'm going to say like being vulnerable with someone, especially your spouse to just say like the things you say hurt my feelings. We always have heard like sayings like the person who has the who cares least in the relationship has the most power. Wrong. <laughs> Ain't nobody got power. If, you, right. if you're if you purposely trying not to care, you're not accessing the full benefits yeah. of a relationship. And so when I really started to allow myself to be vulnerable, because we want our partners to see us in a good light. Mm-hmm. And so for him to see the ugly parts of me or the sad parts of me, or any of that. Like, it was just like, oh, that feels like it's going to be too much. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm just like handing my heart over to him and he can do whatever he wants to. He can throw it on the ground, stomp on it if he wants to. And I would be devastated. But that's what vulnerability is. It's giving all of yourself to another person or letting them see all of that and trusting that they're not going to hurt you. Right. right. Trusting that they're not going to intentionally do you harm. And that's a difficult thing to do. Some people, do it, though. Some people still do it and they think it's they think it's OK. And I'm I just I, I don't understand that. Like, why would you intentionally want to hurt someone you love and someone you care about? Uh, because, yeah. you know, because because they hurting because they because they got some issues that need yeah. to be resolved. But yeah. there's so much security and vulnerability. There's so much to be happy about in that vulnerability and I love having that like I feel the most connected when my husband comes to me and shares a deep dark thought that he's been like and it's not to say that I want him to feel sad but when I know like the things that like keep him up at night or the things that he feels like like he randomly sent me a message recently and he was just like you know what no matter what happens in life, good, bad, ups and downs, when we struggling, when it's all good, like, I, there's nobody I would rather do life with. Like, I'm just thankful that we get to do life together. And that is meaningful. 
Like, can right. you live in a cardboard box with this person? Like, can y'all ride to the wheels? <laughs> That's a powerful message. Mm-hmm. That, that, that will go a long way. Mm-hmm. You know, just, I think the problem with people, mainly men, is we have a lot of pride. And it is, it is it's very hard to swallow your pride. It is. But it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to speak about how you feel. It's okay to let people know that you're not okay. It's all right to do that. And once people come to terms of understanding that, I think the world will be a better place. I do. Mm-hmm. I think I think this country we live in right now is really bad on the mental side. But I think people don't even understand that it's it's a mental thing with them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't think a lot of people understand that they don't they don't get it. They don't realize that that trauma from something 10, 15 years ago that you don't even remember happened is something that is affecting you to this day about how you feel in certain situations or, you know, when people say something, whatever. You know what I mean? Like I was one of those people who thought talking to someone was for crazy people, but mm-hmm. it's not. I talked to a therapist when I was in college. And it was one of the best things that happened to me. It was one of the best things that happened to me. And I'm glad that I did it. And I recommend it to any and everyone. And it doesn't it doesn't have to be you don't have to be sad, upset or depressed. You don't have to be. You could just want to talk and talk about the good things in life. Talk about how your day went. Your therapist will listen to any and everything you have to say. And I personally recommend that to everyone. Everyone. I, I personally recommend it to there's there's affordable therapists everywhere. You can find someone that works for you. Mm-hmm. And make sure you find a good therapist. And if you need to know things, you know, if you need to, if you need information on what you need to look for in a therapist, feel free to like send me some questions, DMs me some questions or whatever. I'm happy to do a whole series about what you need to look for in a therapist because every therapist ain't a good one. Number one, we do not give advice. Like you didn't go to therapy to get advice. You went to therapy to learn, to grow, to meet your goals and to get there in the most authentic way that you can. What your life look like. Not what works for me, not what works for the next person. It's really about your own journey to self-discovery and growth. And everybody's journey is not going to look the same. Yep. Like- as a therapist who sees clients and who also has been to therapy, still goes to therapy, you know, the best thing you can do is take care of yourself and be authentic, be who you are. Cause life is too short to walk around here trying to make other people happy. Exactly. That you might not see um, in heaven. Um, matter of fact, I mean, y'all could possibly see each other, but it might be in hell. I don't know. I'm, yeah. All I'm saying is, no, none of these people have a heaven or a hell to put you in. Yep. And so we're accountable for ourselves, which is why I'm not giving you advice about how to grow. I'm helping you explore the growth that you want to make and helping you get there. I'm a glorified facilitator, but it has to be a space of compassion and grace yep. and curiosity yep. and no judgment. Cause I'm going to tell you, if you sense in judgment, Bring it up. Is that judgment I hear from you? Right? Like, never in life should you pay somebody in therapy to be judged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's the good thing about the good thing about therapists, in my opinion, is 
They don't know you from Joe Blow. They don't know uh-huh. your them. They don't know your daddy and them. They don't know your cousin and them. So they can't make a a pre judgment of you because they don't know you. A therapist only knows what you tell them. That's mm-hmm. all they know about you. They only know what you tell them. So it's really hard for a therapist to judge you, you know, on your life about things you've done or said, whatever, because they don't, they don't really know you like that. There's some that do it, obviously. But it's, if you got a good one, you know, a, a good one, a great one, you know, you don't have to worry about that. You should feel as comfortable as possible talking to that person that you are confiding in paying your money. Because, hey, look, if you're going to pay your money, you obviously want results. I get it. If I go to the grocery store and I buy some hamburger meat and I come home and cook it, it better be good. Not spoiled, bad, whatever the case may right. be. You, know <laughs> you want some good meat, you know? So Absolutely. But yeah, uh, there's so much more we could talk about on that front, but I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to say, I feel like we have kind of covered the gamut of things when it does come to family and our faith. And all of those, like that friendly fire, you know what friendly fire is, right? When that fire comes from the people who's supposed to be on your team. (laughs) Um, But there's so much to be admired in the growth of relationships. Mm -hmm. There's so much to be gained when you choose wisely, right? Some of our family we are related to, and there are others of us who choose Mm -hmm. uh, Tracy, Denise, I call her whole name out. She, that's okay. She she won't care. That's family we chose, right? Godmother, you know, we choose our family. Mm-hmm. And we get to influence what our family dynamic looks like. And you heard it here first. I'm, I'm an advocate for repairing relationships, but I'm also an advocate for boundaries. So some family members... You got to feed with a long handle spoon and make sure that handle don't ever let up. (laughs) Because it's not worth living a life of turmoil and unhappiness for the sake of saying, this is my family, blood related. I don't care who it is, okay? Jesus didn't even have that many friends. Okay, so <laughs> Jesus ain't have all these friends. What I need all these people around for, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> like, and look what they did to Jesus after what he did for them. That part. That's, that's, that's a perfect example right there. Look that what they part. And family, sometimes they're the ones you can yeah. go above and beyond, overextend yourself, always show up for them. Yet they have yet to show up for you. And it's not for the purposes of being transactional. Don't get me wrong. Because I do not believe in transactional relationships. Whatever I do for people, I do it because I want to do that for them. Right. But when you when you begin to recognize that you're showing up in a way for people and they're never showing up for you, not because they can't, because they just won't, because they don't choose to, mm-hmm. that's not a relationship I want to be associated with. Yeah. Don't let it be too late before you realize that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get in too deep, and is at that point it's too late. Yeah, red red I, flags are everywhere, and you can mm-hmm. see if you choose to avoid those red flags, that is on you. But you see the red flags, you know what to do when you see them. Mm-hmm. In the and book, we, right there, let it know something that's something you're not going to deal with. And if it continues to happen, move on. Get them folks mm-hmm. out of your life. That part, and 
I'm I'm a big fan. We all need ride or dies in our life. Okay. Those are your people that they're gonna be down for whatever, whenever, look yep. out for you, care for you, consider you. So if you can't put the people in your ride or die category, they don't belong in your business. Yeah. Leave it out. Leave, leave it where it is. Choose, choose your conversations. Choose your company wisely because it has such a huge impact. Yeah. On your life, on how your life looks, the trajectory. You can't be with people who are not going anywhere and expect that you're about to go to the moon. Because <laughs> right? uh, eventually they're going to convince you to sit right there where they yeah. at. No, nah, man, you don't really need to go to the moon. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Uh, I'm out of here. Goodbye. <laughs> what you mean? Uh, so that said, I so appreciate us having this conversation again just to kind of get more of it out and I still feel like there's so much more we could talk about but don't worry I will make sure you come back soon so we can you know address a couple of other different things because I definitely want to uh have the conversations about married people and whew, that's whoo there's a lot in that but anywho so do you have any closing words or remarks that you want to share with the people? What do you think they need to hear? They need to know. Cause you dropped a quite a few good nuggets all throughout. So um the main keep the main thing the main thing, man. If there's like I said, if there's one thing that, that anyone takes from this, I just want you to know it's all right. It's okay. Um, and that's one of the reasons that we do this. We speak our experience, our past, you know, about things because there's a million people in the world who've been through the same exact thing we've been through. So I'm sharing my message. She's sharing her message to let you know that you're not the only one who's been through it. You're not the only one who's going through it. It's all right. You will find a way and you will make a way. You just got to hold on. Mm-hmm. You just got to hold on. Absolutely. I don't know who's driving, but as long as you hold on, you'll get there. Number one, numero uno. That's that's just the main thing I want people to take from it. And Mm -hmm. hey, I'm I'm here. If you need to talk, reach out to me, whatever the case may be, you can do that as well. I ain't no licensed therapist like she is, but I give you the best I got. (laughs) Well, absolutely. All you can do is be there, support people, right? And I, I, I do think you offer some some wise counsel. Um, And I think the way that I definitely want to end this today is just by saying, choose, choose your circle wisely. Choose because here's the thing. Everybody that's in your circle ain't in your corner. It's two different things. We can be in the circle and you trying to push me out the circle. You try to, (laughs) you just never know. So, Give yourself grace, choose wisely, and recognize that every moment is another moment to do something different. Every moment is another moment to repair a relationship or be vulnerable in a relationship or just learn how to enjoy yourself or discover yourself, whatever it is, right? Um, I think one of the things you and I talked about recently, Rob, was the fact that because we live the way we do, right? Or people may see how we live on social media and all this other stuff, or our family experiences, so they may think that we've never been through anything. Yeah. And yeah. I'm gonna tell you, 
we don't look like what we've been through, but it's also because of who we associate ourselves with, right? Number one, God, okay? Because God helps you to not look like what you've been through. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he uses what we've been through mm. to help others. Yeah. And so I thank you guys for tuning in to this episode, just kind of coming on this journey with us. I hope that you are able to be curious and give yourself grace and think about exploring your relationships and recognize that we all have some sort of family dysfunction, right? But we can still make a choice to do things differently. So uh, Rob, like I said, thanks again. Uh, Please like, subscribe, share. There's going to be so much more to come. We have so many good topics in the future. One of those being things we lost in the fire, but I'll tell you more about that coming soon. Um, And have a good day. You know, know what you value for us here. It's God, family and purpose. Take care.